Today's guests, Gabe and Sherry Avila, share their story, including the challenging first years of their marriage and how they found a way through emotional abuse, being teen parents, and a well-meaning but intrusive family. In spite of the odds, Gabe and Sherry focused on building their independence with a fierce commitment to fighting through every challenge together. The Legendary Marriage Podcast begins now. If you're feeling more like roommates than soulmates, it's time for the Legendary Marriage Podcast. This is Danielle and Justin Williams, and you are listening to episode 68 of the Legendary Marriage Podcast. Each week, we're bringing you conversations designed to inspire you to build more intimacy and connection in your marriage by having the conversations that matter. Yeah, we believe that when couples grow together, they grow together. So we talk with incredible experts about every aspect of life, from health and fitness to finances, parenting, sex, career, spiritual growth, and many more. Sprinkled in, we get to connect with amazing couples who share their stories of overcoming ordinary to build a legendary marriage. Gabe and Sherry Avila are on the show today, and we are talking about the challenges of getting married young and the first years of learning to become one. Yeah. In in the Christian world, there's this term bandied about when it comes to getting married, and it's this idea of leaving and cleaving, and it comes from the King James version of the Bible from Genesis 2.24. But it's this idea really of uh, becoming one flesh of two people getting in such alignment that they, they think and they act as one in many ways without be, without losing their individuality. It sounds very violent cleaving them. Yeah. I, I often think of like a cleaver, like a butcher chopping meat and that's, that's not exactly, it's actually <laughs> cleaving is supposed to be the binding together. Like cleavage. Uh, no, no, not that. <laughs> Okay, but what I really love about Gabe and Sherry and just sharing about how they really got in line with one another, they were on the same page. They were all about the healing journey. Yeah. And then they put intentionality into it and did their own work, like individually and together, to get to the place of that healing and restoration and just like changing the story of their entire family. Um, It's a fantastic conversation. We know you're going to love it. Let's get to it. All right. So we are joined today on the podcast by Gabe and Sherry Avila. Hey, guys. Who are an awesome couple. Justin and Gabe are connected through Braveheart, Braveheart, which is the men's intensive. And they've actually are a couple that's been on the Legendary Marriage Intensive with us. And so we... Mm -hmm. Just the more and more we get to know Gabe and Sherry, we just love them more and more each time. So we're so glad that they're on the show today. And y'all have such an interesting story. I feel like they're they're our age or younger and they have kids that are their grandparents and they have grown kids. And so their story started a long time ago. So let us long, long time ago. So how did y'all meet? First time uh, we were in the ninth grade, we met on one of my cousin's uh, front porches. I was a scrawny little 65 pound, 100 pound year old, 100 pound kid. And Sherry was advancing ahead of me. He was smaller than I was. Yeah. Yeah. Her cousin wanted us to meet, but Sherry wasn't as impressed as he hoped I would have been. Yeah. 
So I was. Yes. So so was it love at first sight or not so much? No. I kind of had a chip on my shoulder, like, uh, hey. I was unimpressive. <laughs> I was unimpressive at the time. Well, Sherry really was maturing physically. I looked a lot more older than he did. And I was, looks a lot younger than I even was. I was, yeah. I was, uh, I graduated at 17. I was always a, a youngest kid in the class. And I was always very thin and kind of a naive, kind of innocent kind of kid, honestly. I mean, I, I, you know, and so I just wasn't uh, mature enough, I guess, and physically or emotionally at the time. Puberty wasn't done with him yet. Yeah. I was a little yeah. boy. Sherry was turning into a woman. Yeah. And then when was the next time y'all met up? Obviously, it wasn't love at first sight. When, when did that happen? Well, that, 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 that coin did flip eventually. He grew up and yeah. got big muscles. Yeah. And I, noticed him, I noticed him again when my, my mother started working for his family's business. And I would visit her out there. It was a restaurant. And I would go out there and he would be working with my mother. And I was like, man, he, he really grew up. Let's be a little more clear. She told my brothers that she was going to marry me. I did. And Whoa. Whoa. We weren't even just talking. I had my, I, I was still in one of my only serious relationships at the time that I'd ever been in. And Sherry was telling my brothers that she's going to marry me uh, yes. someday. So. I like your moxie. Yeah, I got some that. Yeah. <laughs> and so y- when y'all started dating, how long did y'all date before you got married? Oof. So our first date was July 17th. We got married October 15th. Whoa, that's only a couple of months. Yeah. Yeah, count those months. <laughs> count those days. Not yeah. very days shy of three months, I guess. But now, what made y'all get married so quickly? Gabe was joining the military, and we knew we wanted to get married. We were going to wait for him to get back from basic training and, yeah, and but all that Yeah, that sounds stuff. like the practical side of it. It really was. It felt like we were on a collision course in terms of uh, our backgrounds and where we were going. We had both grown up in difficult backgrounds. And yeah. where Sherry had grown up uh, away from money and we, my family had come into money, we were, we were both moving towards God, honestly. And I think what we found in each other were these two kids – minorities, if you want to say that, Hispanic, you know, Sherry's kind of been towards the Peruvian side. And, and we were, um, um, it, just, it just felt like God had us on a collision course because mm-hmm. when we met, it was like sparks really quickly. Mm-hmm. Aside from all of our friends, everything that was happening around us, you know, I, I was looking for someone who was um, moving towards God in an authentic way. And Sherry was doing that. And and our backgrounds, even though on the surface looked very different at the, at the time, our backgrounds were very, very similar. And so we were both coming out of brokenness, moving towards healing. And somewhere along the way, God put us in front of each other. And mm. it was like uh, a little bit of magic. We were pretty much immediately two peas in the pod. Yeah, we were inseparable. Going on walks, on train tracks. and That looks like a poster in my mind. <laughs> like holding hands, walking down the train track. Oh, absolutely! That's exactly what it was. Exactly. Yeah, West, uh, yeah, that's what we did. Yeah, getting the time. That was the time frame we had yeah. in the evening. Yeah. Um, now, what challenges did y'all face early in your marriage? Oof, how much time? You're you're so young. Well, let's just start with one first. Okay. Well, we were we were nineteen when we got we married. We were nineteen so. when we got married. 
So what, what was it? What was the first big challenge? Would you say, Sherry? I would say breaking away from our families because we were still children. I yeah. mean, I feel like my kids are still my babies, and they're twenty four and almost 21. And it's almost mind blowing that we got married at 19. Yeah. yeah. And becoming one together. And it was hard for me not to always take into account what my mom had to say or my sister, but it was, just, I, I just had to learn how to become one with him and not with my family and him. And then there's his family. So that, that was a big issue was us being us and having to put the brakes on between our families and yeah. our, the way we were going to raise our kids, you know. Now, how did that show up in your marriage? Like that tension between breaking away from your family of origin, how'd that show up? Well, I'll, I'll jump in there on that. Whereas Sherry's mom would talk to Sherry a lot on the side, my mom was incredibly, I mean, outspoken is not a strong enough word for my mother. I mean, more along the lines of like crazy, invasive, overbearing. Her way was right. My way or <laughs> there is no other way. And I also, coming out of a broken background, my mom had been the, had been our family savior when my dad flaked out on us and abandoned us, you know, the alcohol and, and all that kind of thing. My mom is the one who said, I'm not going to give up on my kids. And so love my mom, precious overbearing beloved my mom but I felt like I, I, I felt like I had to to give in to that because she saved us I mean we were we were a mess and we needed help and my mom was the one that went to found and found God and, and put our family back together so when my mom would let's say for example I was going to raise our Jay our baby at the time I mean, she would have instructions about like how she ought to dress or how we ought to be raising her or whether, how we should be disciplining her. And it was different than what Sherry was used to. And so immediately there was... Conflict. Is that the right word? Constructive conflict. I don't know if it was constructive, but it was explosive. Knockdown, drag out conflict. Yes, knockdown, drag out. There was no physical abuse. There was no, <laughs> there was no evidence of conscious physical abuse, but there... I have emotional scars from the first year, for sure. So did it kind of turn the two of you on each other? Oh, gosh. Yes. Yeah. Because to him, his mom was right. To me, my mom was right. We didn't know how to figure out, well, what is right between the two of us? We just knew what, how we were raised, and that was the right way to go. So that was a big deal our first year of marriage. Yeah. yeah so the whole leaving. Growing and, up and. Yeah, leaving and cleaving. That whole leaving and cleaving thing was a real problem. Because yeah. yeah. at night, there was, I don't think we ever left or cleaved <laughs> or, or for mm -hmm. a while, I felt like. And man, we fought. We did. Goodness. That whole first year you hear about when we went in circles, Sherry and I did. Yeah. We never did physically, obviously, do anything. But good night. If you were doing the fly on the walk, record some of our fights, we had them screaming, yeah. punches, threatening to punch me in the face. That happened uh, mm -hmm. at one point. I deserve every bit of it, too. I was being a complete jerk. It's wow. a good thing grace covers it all, right? Yes. At the time, we didn't quite understand that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Now, you said you were young parents. Like, how did that add to the situation? I think because we were so young, mother-in-law wanted to kind of fill that role a little bit and be, what's the word? I don't know. Like emotional incest? <laughs> That's nasty. <laughs> That's what it was. Let's not use that as a pull quote for social media. <laughs> yeah, let's not. <laughs> but 
<laughs> I get what you mean. I feel incompetent as a mom and my mom did the best she could with what she had. I give her that, but I'm not saying it was the right way to go. Yeah. Um, however, she was very helpful with me and with helping me take care of my daughter. And then when Gabe and I were married, his mother like wanted to, before we were married, his mother wanted to adopt her and raise her. And I'm like, no, she's my baby. She's still my baby. So that's not going to happen. And so that role had that she challenged me in that role a little bit in the early stages of our marriage. And I kind of stood firm and stood my ground behind it. And I would fuss at him about his mother. (laughs) Yeah. My mom, good night. My mom, she always had advice that you needed to hear about how you were doing whatever you're doing, raising the kids or whatever. And it it was invasive and she admits that now, Um, but it was invasive. And Sherry also, on the one hand, I think Sherry might say that she wanted to be a better mom. My mom wanted to give advice and there was some give and take on that. Yeah. But it was, it was invasive and Sherry eventually began to perceive like you're in my Mm -hmm. space, get out of my space. That's where I think Sherry and I began fighting about the best way to raise our kids or deal with our marriage. But how is that relationship now? Oh yeah. Um, I'm her favorite. Yeah, Sherry. Sherry is her favorite by far. She tells far. me all the time, I, you feel like one of my own kids. And I said, I know. And I can talk to her just like uh, I talk to my own mother. You know, I can goof mm-hmm. with her. It's a, it's a good relationship. Um, what turned the corner for you? I think back then it was me saying, you know what? This is my chi- mine and Gabe's child and yeah. we will raise her how we see fit. I apologize to her if I were ugly in any sort of way or disrespectful, but there was always that, but this is my baby. This is what we want. And this is how it has to be. You know, it's funny. uh, There, I would add that was the only confrontation I've ever had with her. I have ever. (laughs) Yeah. Sherry has a way of, you know, there are things that are unspoken, you know, in a family or in certain situations where something needs to be said, but no one's willing to say it. And Sherry has a gift of saying what needs to be said in a way like where it stings, but it doesn't explode. And Sherry just had a way of my, and my mom is explosive. My mom was like fighting everybody and arguing with, except for with Sherry. And Sherry had a way of saying it while smiling. It's like, she's kind of correcting you and, 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 and you're both laughing about it. And you're like, why am I laughing at this? And uh, Sherry had a way. <laughs> Not really. Yeah, yeah. And Sherry has, this, so there was, I, th- I think Sherry has this natural defensive instructive mechanism where she can say what needs to be said that's, that, that people don't say. But she yeah. says it in a way where it's not always, it's not offensive and it gets through. And then the other part of, of what, what turned the corner was actually, I had to come to terms with my mom. Yeah. And I had to draw a line. And that was actually really difficult. But we came to a head at one point where I started to see more clearly the problem myself and where I was contributing and where I was allowing my mom to, to dictate our, the problems and anxiety in our marriage. And I had to deal with my mom actually. Yeah. And when we're going through it, it was very, very hard. It was probably one of the most difficult things I've ever done in terms of telling basically my mom, I love you and you've done so much for us and you, and you, and you brought our family through just an incredible round of pain. However, yeah. I need you to give me space. That was about two or three years of work, intentional work. And she fought me. We, we fought verbally and, we, and there was a lot of back and forth. I remember the breakthrough. We it came to a head one day 
and she was nitpicking on some things about our, about our daughter and my marriage. And, and we had a very heated, difficult, needed to happen conversation where basically I tell my mom I loved her and I was grateful for her. But the problems that we were having, they weren't hers to fix. You need to give us space because she was doing more damage than she was helping. And it really, it hurt my mom a little bit. Mm-hmm. And yet at the same time, it was said in a way where it radically shifted our marriage. Our, our marriage, and my wife shook my mama. Yeah. It was never the same. This sounds so familiar, both in our story, we're dealing with our extended family, and like a period of several years where, I mean, there were some some really explosive conversations. Yeah. Really yeah. uncomfortable conversations where I'm going, how are we going to do this for 50 years? Yeah. yeah. You know? And I think most couples face a pretty significant challenge in this area, but there's yeah. no instruction manual. Right. Like we, we throw out that notion of, well, you've got to leave your family and cleave to your spouse. And, right. but there's a lot that goes into creating that. Like it, it's a terrifying conversation to try to step eye to eye instead of going talking up to a parent right. coming alongside them and saying like, okay, we appreciate where you're, where you've helped. And this is our family. We're writing our story now. Yeah. When you have that moment, when you realize you're like, okay, we're on our own journey now. You're not the person that dictates our journey. You had both said that you grew up with some difficulties. What did it look like to start to turn that corner about having your own story and discovering your own heart and not just accepting your old family story? I have a word. I would say freedom. It felt like freedom. It felt, for me, it's unhinged, untied, unburdened. It was such a heavy burden to live up to an expectation that wasn't my expectation of my mom's the hopes and dreams for what I ought to be as a father and as her son, a father to my kids. And from, from her perspective, it was drowning us. And once I broke free of that, all of a sudden I, I felt loose. I, I felt like you diving off of a cliff. It just, it just felt mm-hmm. free. And I was actually able to love her better. And she was able to love me more, actually. It was a more defined adult relationship, you know? Yeah, it wasn't a, I don't want to disappoint my mama feeling. Yeah, Yeah, it wasn't either or, you know? It it wasn't that I have to be a certain way because of her or I'm going to reject her either. It was, I'm going to love my mama despite some things about my mama and that's okay. And I'm going to love her in a way that she deserves to be loved. And it's a little different than what she thinks it needs to be. Me changing the way that I chose to love my mom, not only freed me, but it, it freed her to love me, I think, more deeply. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that fell off into our marriage, by the way. That, that, that direct overflow into our marriage. Yeah. Immediately. immediately. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, that's great practice for loving your spouse. Yeah, I'm wondering, Sherry, how did that look for you to, you know, start your new story with your new family and kind of leave the family of origin story behind? Like, what did that look like for you? My thing is I felt defined, finally. There was a a me. I'm not just my mother's daughter. I'm my daughter's mother. So I felt more independent as a woman and... Instead of seeking approval, I was, the the role just changed. I didn't care about the approval. 
but I was being almost in a sense being respected by, I guess now my peers being other moms, my mother-in-law, my own mom. Um, They respected me as another mom. We'll get back to our conversation with Gabe and Sherry in just a moment, but first, an opportunity we don't want you to miss. Community is so essential to our marriages. Not only community with other couples, but men with their men folk and women with their women folk. Um, and couples really come together. Why? To support, encourage, and call one another forth. We just learn so much from each other. So join our community on Facebook where we're always talking about the topics from the podcast and so much more. So join our tribe of couples who refuse to settle for an ordinary marriage. You can find us at legendarymarriage.com slash community. And now back to our conversation with Gabe and Sherry Avila. People talk about all the drama when you get together with your extended family. But I feel like y'all were not happy with just saying that. You were like, no, I feel like we're different and we're going to change and we have some healing to do. Can y'all speak to that? You know, I would say for me, it was when I, when I left home, I couldn't leave fast enough. It was heavy, you know, it was difficult for various reasons. And yet home is supposed to be home, even in your heart, even when it's broken, you know, home has a certain defining part of who you are and breaking free of various family curses it felt like we got to go home again Mm. despite the craziness and everything else that was going on with them we didn't have to be defined by that or be caught up by that and we got to go home again and it was a beautiful thing for us it was um Mm. it was good to be able to go home again and um you know i think you need your family all the craziness and all the embrace the crazy and all that stuff you know and then people but it, it is difficult to be able to do that though without carrying learning to do it without carrying the burden is a trick yes. learning to do it without carrying the burden trying to fix it all that's part of the, the trick i think that, that that makes it easier to go home again yeah. and that's what we learned and that was hard but we learned how to be able to step back into it without carrying the weight of everything that were being put on us by our sister, by Sherry's sister or Sherry's mom or my mom. And all of a sudden we were able to just be free. We could be there and yet not be consumed by the madness. Yeah. It just didn't bother us anymore. Yeah. You know, who's going to act out, you know, who's going to say crazy. And we just look forward to that every year. <laughs> yeah. And it, you set your, you set your expectations, right? Yeah. And it's okay. And our kids know they love visiting our families and, yeah, and our kids and our kids are not unaware. You know, we yeah, actually we share with our kids a lot about and have for a long time backgrounds, our yeah. backgrounds, what we what we're yeah. doing, and we don't. There's a reason why you don't stay with cousin so and so when we go home by yourself ever. <laughs> you know, and things like that. Yeah. So don't ask. Um, yeah. And this is why. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how y'all having such an interesting story about the interactions with your parents and your in-laws when you were a young couple, how has that shaped you as a parent when there's potential boyfriends and girlfriends and, you know, your, your kids are pretty much adults now. Like how does that shape you interacting with your kids as adults? We try to include our kids in a lot of things that we do and we include whoever they're dating we're very big on relationship in this family and so if we have something going on well no you're not missing it to go with your whatever but they're welcome to come along too 
sometimes I don't know how you feel about that. I'm like, it's, it's, it's a good thing. Sometimes, sometimes it's a bad thing, but, uh, we just, you know, you make this commitment and you keep it. And that's kind of where we're at with our kids and including their, whoever they're dating. Say, I know y'all are grandparents now. So what do you have to say about how your granddaughter is raised and do you pipe in or do you keep it to yourself? I have talked to my daughter about her daughter and I said, okay, this is your baby, but I am going to always put my two cents in probably, but just know, I know it's your baby. So I love her and I trust, I trust you. You're going to make good choices. And she does tell me I stress her out because I'm always like, oh, she's sick. Something's wrong. She's sick. Mom, you're stressing me out. Okay. I'll just be quiet. <laughs> um, and then she winds up being sick. But no, <laughs> not always. I try to do as she asks as far as, you know, this is how, when I'm feeding the baby, don't overfeed her don't underfeed her please just do this i try to do what she asks and keep her on her schedule our input is an offering or a suggestion coming at it that way it creates space for jay to come to us sometimes and there you know and and so rather than feeling threatened is open because we're not mm-hmm. invasive you know we make our offerings and she may or may not take it real cool with that we don't have to force it uh, and so there's that piece yeah, I think a different defining piece, for example, would be, you know, when my, my son Mike was in college, and he was struggling between going into medicine or going into ministry. And I had, I had a similar struggle. And when I went to my mom with that problem, she told me definitively that I should go into medicine, which I did do, and not go into ministry because the church needs money, not more ministers who are being kicked around by the church and having to move from, from city to city. And it was a pretty defining moment for me, actually. And when Mike came to me with that exact same question, I asked him what his heart was telling him. And so, you know, our reflections on the way we were raised have changed the way we enter into our children's lives. We don't want to be chasing after them so much that they're moving away from us as much as we want to create the space for them to come to us. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that's a little challenging sometimes when you're watching your kids, you're like, don't step on that nail. No, really don't do that. And then uh, step on the nail. And then they step on the nail, you know, and you're kind of like, and then you're like, Oh, well I'll go get the band-aids and yeah, right. your tetanus. Yeah. I think Sherry and I do try to create the space though where we're making offerings and, and suggestions so that the kids are willing to come to us. And they do. I feel like y'all's story has been so up and down. And then you made such a defiant decision to pursue healing for yourselves and for each other and for your family. Just for the couples that are listening in, you've been there, done that. What are some of your big learnings or your takeaways from all the hard years of work that y'all have had to do? We grew up together and... I have been blessed to have a husband that recognizes the, that nail sticking out of the board, per se, and is willing to be like, hey, sure, there's a nail on this board. Let's not step on it. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'm just like the kids. Step on the nail. I got to learn my lesson. I like that, though. <laughs> I, I like, though, that Sherry says that we grew up together because when things hit the fan, and they did, for us, it was we were isolated. We were, I was in, working on my doctorates, and we were in a lot of stress. And all of our past came rushing at us in terms of our dysfunction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for Sherry and I, 
whenever we were faced with our own selves, we clung to God and we clung to our marriage and we chose to grow up together rather than to give up on each other. Mm-hmm. And, and we, did, we, would not, we would not let go of that. You, you know, you can come into marriages with all kinds of weaknesses and all kinds of vices, but it's a different perspective to say, I'm going to stick this out with you. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean like not be happy, but like, we're going to figure this out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna stand before God and we're gonna stand before each other and we are not gonna give up on each other, and that doesn't mean staying together and staying happy. That means doing the hard work, whatever it needs, whatever that work needs to be done, both on on the marriage and also and primarily, I think Sherry would agree on yourself. Yeah, I think you know for myself through all this process, I internalize a lot of things, so I hold everything in, but. Back at in those first years of marriage, when you know Gabe was challenging me, you know we've got to get we've got to grow out of this, and I'm not dragging you, so you have to make the decision to come with me to get out of this. And I said, you know what, okay, because I'm not going to internalize it anymore. And so I finally became vocal in it, and uh, and I'm very vocal about a lot of things now. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I owned it. I knew something was wrong and I chose, you know, when Gabe was choosing to fight, I chose to fight. And I, my fighting my, were my words and I spoke up and I wasn't going to internalize it anymore. And I think that's where my, my big mouth comes from now. I'm, I'm like, okay, there's a problem. So someone needs to help fix it. I, I can't do it by myself, but I'm going to point this out so someone notices it or well, you're honest. Sherry, I'm very honest. Sherry is not. We're not going to push it under the rug. We're not going to act like it's okay when it's not okay. That is not going to happen in this household, mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. <laughs> ever. And that's going to be a problem sometime. You learn to you learn to calibrate that a little bit. You don't want to make waves when you're young and married. You don't want to make waves. You want to please each other. Yeah, you, know, you want you want it to be perfect. And, oh, I'm going to cook supper. Well, sometimes, sometimes, damn it, you don't want to cook supper. And it tastes nasty. (laughs) And and he told me it tastes nasty. So I take it and throw it in the garbage. Um, But But that's, but that little metaphor though is, is I think how Sherry and I do approach our marriage, which we, I mean, we don't hold stuff back. And it doesn't mean we just emotionally vomit on each other, but we do speak up. And we ugly cry to each other and cry to each other. I love how y'all have taken your ups and downs that are part of your journey and you've really tried to flip it or use it for good in this world, not only for your own journey, but for others too. Do y'all mind? I know I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast that y'all went on Legendary Marriage Intensive with us. Yeah. Do y'all mind sharing a little bit of your marriage mission that you have? So this couple, Gabe and Sherry, they have identified how they they know who they are and they know who they are as a couple. And so they have set their sights on what their future is. And so they've kind of put bones and words to like, where does our marriage go from here? Because a lot of couples can get stuck in that same old, same old. Every single day is just another version of the same day. It's but Groundhog Gabe, Day. <laughs> but Gabe and Sherry have really set an intention to keep going in a certain direction. You want to share that? Before we read this, I would say, you know, God has blessed us and we've brought us through a lot. I mean, by all 
measures, Sherry and I should be divorced. I should be an alcoholic father, an absentee dad. Sherry has three different sisters from three different fathers. And so we, there is some pain in the background, you know, and our, our marriage mission in some ways was a way of saying that in terms of the kingdom purpose, that our pain would not be wasted. Yeah. And so a lot of what we have on our mission statement is the fruit of, of working through that and coming out on the other side and then coming out like we are right now and then and, and being thankful for God to that and, and then also, you know, being willing to walk with other couples through that. So uh, to become or to be true and faithful servants that speak the truth with courage and love. To live as cultivators of God's garden, protecting and nourishing the delicate and the vulnerable. To create authentic choice to overcome what's been broken and ripped apart. To experience adoration and deep security that always gives life a fighting chance. Hashtag I got you, baby. (laughs) Yes. Uh, To release or to put to death anxieties of ridicule of self. And a violence that hurts rather than helps. And that's that last piece is you come out of a, a very broken background and so forth or issues. And mm-hmm. Sherry and I had a way of fighting and conflict that was violent that didn't help. But we learned to turn that into fighting for our marriage and having a violence that is for helping and putting things mm-hmm. back together as opposed to using that kind of energy for tearing each other or other things apart. Mm-hmm. Man, I just love the passion yeah. and the heart they have for just the healing of the future generations. Love that. Thanks so much for being on the show with us. Yeah. Hey, thank y'all. It was fun. You guys are awesome. The early years are hard. Uh, like, like, this is the thing. You take two people from very different backgrounds with very different personalities and character and who they are and where their story and everything else, and you throw them together and you say, go and be married. Yeah. And, you know, I did premarital counseling for a long time, and the, the love goggles, they're just blinders. Like, we're sitting there through premarriage counseling with couples, and they don't hear things. They, they don't they don't understand that there are challenges to bringing two people together. Yeah. And it's not so much, I don't think that marriage is hard. I think life is hard on a marriage. Sure. I mean, I know for us, we still lived in the same town when we got married. Down the street. From my parents and from your parents. And it's interesting because both of our sets of parents are very different from each other. I feel like we had pretty different upbringings. Yes. And where I had a little bit more, I would say I had more trouble leaving and cleaving. Yeah. Because it was Let's pretty, just put it this it way. It was pretty cozy with Within, my parents. <laughs> Within 90 seconds of Danielle getting home from work every day, the phone would ring. Hey, Danielle, it's mom. Yeah, that was yeah. probably true. When we lived in the apartment first couple years, it was... Every week we were over at your parents' house to do laundry. It yeah. was watching Steelers games. It was, it was, it was. And I, and you know, I, I love my parents, but I couldn't get away from them fast enough. I know. So that was super, <laughs> it was super different from your perspective and my perspective, yeah. but we navigated it. And, and as we navigated those early years, we did a lot. There was a lot of collision uh, about how um, 
the dynamics of our marriage were going to be compared to the dynamics of your parents' marriage and my parents' marriage. Yeah. And we had to find our own way. And it was, it was hard. It, it was hard. I love what uh, Gabe and Sherry had to say about they kind of just drew a boundary around their families and they went just the two of them and they did the healing work and they turned in towards each other and they kind of just blocked out the outside distractions, if you will, and they just didn't give them power anymore. They just kind of said, you know what, we're writing our own story and that might have been yours but this is going to be ours and they intentionally. And, and the thing that, that, that moved it forward for us in that story was where we said, we're, we're living this story. It doesn't mean that yours is wrong to yeah. your parents, to my parents. It doesn't mean we're, we're not criticizing that. It's just, we're not you. So we're trying to figure out a way that, that works for us. And in that season too, I think you, you take what's really valuable and what you did learn from your parents. And you're mm-hmm. like, we do want to associate this into our marriage because this is really great. And this is really great. But you piece it together. You make your own recipe. Yeah. And that is the challenge, isn't it? Of young marriage. And it's the challenge of this episode. Every week we offer you a challenge. Have a conversation with your spouse and identify areas of your marriage and your life where you might still be living out some of the old stories of your families. And maybe even their expectations instead of forging and finding your own way. Find your own way. You can find this episode and the show notes at legendarymarriage.com slash 068. Next week, we'll be talking with Mark and Daniela from getsetmindset.com, where they help go-getters turn bad habits into badassery. Mark and Daniela share their story and some of their expertise in an episode that is jam-packed full of inspiration and practical ideas to transform your wealth, W-E-L-L-T-H. Ooh, so here's a quick glimpse into our conversation with Mark and Daniela. We kind of hit this this collision, the two of us, at the same time where we were letting all of these outside stresses and our health you know, kind of determine what was going on in our relationship. And at one point we had to have a serious conversation and say, you know, do we even want to be in this anymore? Like we, we both thought that the other person didn't want to be in the relationship. We were neglecting each other. It really manifested in these ways. And it wasn't until we had that real discussion that we realized we're both burnt out. And what they realized was the reason they were having a crisis in their relationship was because they were living an unhealthy life. But we'll dive into that more next week. Yeah, it's a really powerful conversation that we're excited to share with you. Until then, and as always, we're talking about all the hot topics from the podcast and so much more over in our free community on Facebook. So come join the conversation at legendarymarriage.com slash community. Finally, we want to help more couples have conversations that matter. So if you love the show, then please let us know. Jump over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review the show so we know how we're doing and other couples can find us. Have a great week. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Legendary Marriage Podcast. We're thrilled to have you with us on the adventure. This is Danielle and Justin reminding you, don't settle for an ordinary marriage. Make yours legendary. Legendary.